The scripture reading this morning comes from Leviticus chapter 25. Oh, you may be seated, sorry. (laughs) The Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you enter the land that I am giving you, the land shall observe a Sabbath for the Lord. For six years you shall sow your field, and for six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in their yield. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest for the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. You shall not reap the aftergrowth of your harvest or gather the grapes of your unpruned vine. It shall be a year of complete rest for the land. You may eat what the land yields during its Sabbath, you, your male and female slaves, your hired and your bound laborers who live with you. For your livestock also, and for the wild animals in your land, all its yield shall be for food. You shall count off seven weeks of years, seven times seven years, so that the period of seven weeks of years gives 49 years. Then you shall have a trumpet sounded loud, and on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, you shall have the trumpet sounded throughout all your land. And you shall hallow the fiftieth year, and you shall proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. You shall return every one of you to your property and want every one of you to your family. That fiftieth year shall be a jubilee for you. You shall not sow or reap the aftergrowth or harvest the unpruned vines. For it is a jubilee, it shall be holy to you. You shall eat only what the field itself produces. In the year of jubilee, you shall return every one of you to your property. When you make a sale to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor, you shall not cheat one another. When you buy from your neighbor, you shall pay only for the number of years since the jubilee. The seller shall charge you only the remaining crop years. If the years are more, you shall increase the price. And if the years are fewer, you shall diminish the price, for it is a certain number of harvests that are being sold to you. You shall not cheat one another, but you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. You shall observe my statutes and faithfully keep my ordinances so that you may live on the land securely. The land will yield its fruit, and you will eat your fill and live on it securely. Should you ask, what shall we eat in the seventh year if we may not sow or gather in our crop? I will order my blessing for you in the sixth year, so that it will yield a crop for three years. When you sow in the eighth year, you will be eating from the old crop until the ninth year, when its produce comes in, you shall eat the old. The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine." With me, you are but aliens and tenants. Throughout the land that you hold, you shall provide for the redemption of the land. If any one of your kin falls into difficulty and sells a piece of property, then the next of kin shall come and redeem what the relative has sold. If the person has no one to redeem it, but then prospers and finds sufficient means to do so, the years since its sale shall be computed and the difference will be refunded to the person to whom it was sold and the property shall be returned. But if there are not sufficient means to recover it, what was sold shall remain with the purchaser until the year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee, it shall be released, and the property shall be returned. If anyone sells a dwelling house in a walled city, it may be redeemed until a year has elapsed since its sale. The right of redemption shall be for one year, 
If it is not redeemed before a full year has elapsed, a house that is in a walled city shall pass in perpetuity to the purchaser throughout the generations. It shall not be released for jubilee. But houses and villages that have no walls around them shall be classed as open country. They may be redeemed and they shall be released in the jubilee. As for the cities of the Levites, the Levites shall forever have the right of redemption of the houses in the cities belonging to them. Such property as may be redeemed from the Levites, houses sold in a city belonging to them, shall be released in the Jubilee, because the houses in the cities of the Levites are their possession among the people of Israel. But the open land around the cities may not be sold, for that is their possession for all time. If any of your kin fall into difficulty and become dependent on you, you shall support them. They shall live with you as though resident aliens. Do not take interest in advance or otherwise make a profit from them, but fear your God, let them live with you. You shall not lend them your money at interest taken in advance or provide them food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan to be your God. If any who are dependent on you become so impoverished that they sell themselves to you, you shall not make them serve as slaves. They shall remain with you as hired or bound laborers. They shall serve with you until the year of Jubilee. Then they and their children with them shall be free from your authority. They shall go back to their family and return to their ancestral property. For they are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold as slaves are sold. You shall not rule over them with harshness, but you shall fear your God. As for the male and female slaves whom you have, it is from nations around you that you may acquire male and female slaves. You may also acquire them from among the alien residents residing, the aliens residing with you and from their families that are with you who have been born in your land and they may be your property. You may keep them as a possession for your children after you for them to inherit as property. These you may treat as slaves, but as for your fellow Israelites, no one shall rule over the other with harshness. If resident aliens among you prosper, and if any of your kin fall into difficulty with one of them, and sell themselves to an alien or to a branch of the alien's family, after they have sold themselves, they shall have the right of redemption. One of their brothers may redeem them, or their uncle or their uncle's son may redeem them, or any one of their family who is of their own flesh may redeem them. Or if they prosper, they may redeem themselves. They shall compute with the purchaser the total from the year when they sold themselves until the jubilee year. The price of the sale shall be applied to the number of years. The time they were with the owner shall be rated as the time of a hired laborer. If many years remain, they shall pay for their redemption in proportion to the purchase price. And if few years remain until the Jubilee year, they shall compute thus. According to the years involved, they shall make payments for their redemption. As a laborer hired by the year, they shall be under the alien's authority who shall not, however, rule with harshness over them in your sight. And if they have not been redeemed in any of these ways, they and their children with them shall go free in the Jubilee year. For to me, the people of Israel are servants. They are my servants who I am brought out of Egypt from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. So that's clear, right? <laughs> that is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're talking about Sabbath, and we've been focusing primarily on keeping Sabbath time as individuals, 
What does it look like in our own lives? How does that allow us to show up in community? But it really is about that individual work of creating space for Sabbath. But there is another aspect to Sabbath rest that scripture makes clear is just as important. God is not only telling us by ourselves to take that time of restoration. God is telling entire communities to keep the Sabbath. God commands Israel to let their fields have a Sabbath, to let their animals and servants have a Sabbath, and once every now and then to let the entire economic system have a Sabbath. What God is reminding us is that the world also needs a vacation. The earth needs a rest. We have been extracting her minerals and damming her rivers, pumping toxins into her atmospheres and tearing holes into her ground, stuffing her with our trash. In the middle of the Pacific Ocean, a floating island made of our plastic garbage has grown to the size of a continent, reaching out its long tendrils of six-pack rings and shopping bags. We can feel the earth reeling, staggering under its burden of our human societies. And we started to see what rest might look like in those first two years of the pandemic shutdown, when animals that had not been seen in rivers and forests started returning. When the water started healing, we saw what rest can do. And I think perhaps we should consider that it shouldn't take a global crisis for us to pause long enough and take in some of that lesson. We call her Mother Earth, but we treat her as anything but a beloved family, working the world instead to exhaustion. The world needs a Sabbath, and the world's people need a Sabbath too. The resources that we extract from the earth go to factories that are staffed by children, sewing soles onto sneakers and sweatshops, working 12-hour workdays, unable to take breaks. And it feels tough for us to do anything about the scope of these problems. We do have things that we need to buy, and I don't say that with judgment. I absolutely take part in it. Money is a part of what makes our world function. And we say that people who are poor can't afford to have a Sabbath rest. And that's a huge part of the problem. Because the people who most desperately need a Sabbath, those who live on less than a dollar a day, those in our communities who we know aren't getting by, they desperately need that Sabbath. God declares Sabbath for all of creation, and God tells us to give the world a break. God gives Moses instructions for a radical holiday, telling him that not only should the community take a break from work for a day out of every week, but every seven years they should give the land a Sabbath. The land itself gets a break. And then God declares yet another Sabbath. Once every 50 years, the economic system should be entirely reset. All indentured servants released, all debts forgiven, all land revert back to the original families who dwelled there. It's called a Jubilee year, a Sabbath for all creation. And it's interesting to me that often when you will hear these passages spoken about, 
They're very quick to say, but nobody really did it. I mean, this was never practical. It was just like an idea in Leviticus. But, but we don't take Leviticus literally until we do. This passage in Leviticus was used by slave owners to justify owning slaves because Leviticus says we can. I don't think any of them were forgiving debts and releasing land every 50 years. A lot of writing will say that this probably never happened, and I do believe that the economic system decided not to reset itself because the people who would make those decisions would not benefit from it. But it is not an idea that is just mentioned once as a throwaway. It's a long passage with a lot of instructions, and it goes into the next chapter, and quite frankly, I just could not read that much of it. <laughs> but we hear this idea of Jubilee crop up again and again, releasing the captives, letting the debt prisoners go free. Isaiah refers to it as the year of the Lord's favor, and if that sounds familiar, it's because we also find it in Luke. When Jesus begins his ministry, he sets out, his mission statement is, I have come to declare the year of the Lord's favor. And people love to interpret that as, this is the year God's going to be really nice to us. The better translation, the more accurate translation, is I have come to proclaim the year of the Lord's jubilee. This is not about God having some nice things to say to us about taking a little more free time. This is Jesus's mission statement saying the economic system needs to be reset. Everything needs to be returned. Everything needs to pause so that those who have been oppressed for so long can be freed and can be healed and can be made whole. And can you imagine the chaos that would ensue if those who claim we need to take the Bible literally took this literally? Imagine going to your mailbox and tearing open your mortgage statement and reading total balance, zero dollars. Imagine the hordes of children leaving sweatshops to go on their first summer vacation, splashing in the river and riding bicycles down the road. Imagine the panic on Wall Street as tractor-trailer trucks stand abandoned on the freeways, their cargo of $200 distressed denim jeans sitting idle, inventories in retail stores across the nation gathering dust, the economy would collapse. Payday loan places would go out of businesses as they should, but you'd have no more car payments, no more student loan debt. Not only that, but the redistribution of property back to its original owners? Imagine indigenous Americans, Australian Aborigines leaving their reservations and staking claim to Manhattan and Wall Street and the Sydney Opera House. It's absurd. Our gods that we too all often worship, the gods of market and conquest, would absolutely never allow it. This kind of language scares us and makes us think of socialism or terrorism or communism because we can't imagine anything but the chaos. 
But while God claims to be many things, God never claims to be practical. God stubbornly insists on a Sabbath for all of creation. And God has very strong words for anyone who profanes the Sabbath. God tells Israel that if they do not give the land a rest, they will be invaded and carted off in exile. God says in Leviticus 26, then the land shall enjoy its Sabbath years as long as it lies desolate. It shall have the rest it did not have on your Sabbaths. Seen from a bigger perspective, we see what's at stake in God's God's harsh command. It's only a short step from ignoring the Sabbath yourself to imposing your work, your agenda, and your interests on the land and its people. We see uh, written in Isaiah 58 that we tend to put the pursuit of our own interests above everything else, setting up our own businesses as petty gods that we serve and that we worship. We sacrifice our relationships, our children, and our health on an altar of busyness. We we sacrifice justice for the poor on an altar of economic practicality. Sabbath is meant to be a nonviolent resistance to the creeping tyranny of wealth and power. Nehemiah says that even if everyone around them is buying and selling on the Sabbath, God's people shall not, because God is calling us to be a different kind of community. This is the hardest piece of the Sabbath call for us to imagine living out. But it is the one that asks us to move outside of ourselves and imagine where are the places where we can bring Sabbath, where we can bring Jubilee. I don't expect us in this room to overthrow the economic system. I might invite some of you to try. But I would invite us to ask more questions about the ways we obey the laws on how we care for each other in the most practical and economic ways. I invite you to ask questions as I have in the past about why, if the United Methodist Church is going to offer student loans to its seminary students, they charge interest on them. What places can we join together in our activism and say this this particular system is so harmful it does not reflect God, and part of our call to Sabbath is to release it. I was part of an effort right out of college in an interfaith um, effort to ban payday loan companies in the state of Oregon. We succeeded. And we succeeded because God's people came together of all different faiths and said what scripture or our teachings are very clear on is the way we take advantage of each other with money is sin in its truest form. There are places when Sabbath becomes justice. And so I invite you to imagine a Sabbath for the world, to picture a break for God's creation and all of God's people. But God calls us to be a different kind of community. God calls us to be a people that are set apart. 
God has a better vision of life for us and for our world. And it includes rest and enjoyment and not just for those of us who can afford it. And so my friends, I invite you not this week into taking a practical step of setting aside prayer time, although I do hope you're doing that still as well, but to begin to dream of what a world that celebrates Jubilee can look like and how we can be a part of that. Thanks be to God. Amen.